Leaders and healers, ladies and ge- gentlemen, gamers and claimers from around the universe, welcome to the Power, Purpose, and Passion podcast. I am your host, Anthony Cheem, speaker, author, life coach, trainer, friend, person that just wants to serve you and love you and guide you to the greatest life possible for you, uniquely you, expressing your greatest gifts and skills and talents to the world. This show is all about claiming your power, clarifying your purpose, and cultivating your deepest, wise, and highest passions so ultimately you can show up as a better, best, more sharpened version of yourself and then ultimately inspire others to do the exact same and we can all live in this world abundantly passionately purposefully and powerfully thank you for joining us and we're going to continue on with the process of q a taking one question or one subject at a time that comes up has come up uh, over the past month or so or a question that comes in from email or facebook whatever it might be or w- within a uh, within a session i have with the client and we're just going to cover it we'll, we'll blast through it in 10 to 15 minutes and i i sure hope you guys get a lot out of this one because this this seems to be a, a common theme that amongst my, the young people I work with, uh, people in their 20s as well, and even in their 30s. And actually, this can happen throughout your, throughout your life. So it's all about your passion and money and how you can make money doing the thing you love to do. You're passionate about it. Oftentimes, uh, people are stuck in a job uh, that they don't like, and they're afraid to lose that security blanket. And then if they do leave their job and, and they do something they love to do, they still have bills to pay. And how do you make that balance? So we're going to cover that today. And I'll give you a few sort of insights and principles that I follow that have certainly been guiding principles and practices for me that have certainly served me uh, throughout my life in every area of my life. So thank you for joining us. Cameron, how you doing, man? I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. Um, I'm really excited <laughs> for this topic because I for sure have that little conflict because as a musician, you can't really expect to make a lot of money um, whatsoever. Yeah. Same with YouTube, same with a lot of the things I do that I really, really love. Um, And so, yeah, I'm excited to um, get your input on basically the difference between what people love to do and what people do to pay the bills and get by and how they can balance that and how they could hopefully eventually turn their passion into their living. Yes, you got it. So here's here's the thing. I remember hearing John uh, John C. Maxwell talk about this, and he said there's two te- steps to success in your career. Find something you would love to do so much that you could gladly do it for free. So if, is there something in the world like if money wasn't an issue, would and and would you be doing what you're doing right now? And oftentimes I ask people that. Some people say with a resounding no, I would never be doing that. If money was an issue, I would not be doing what I'm doing. Okay. So what's something you love to do that you could gladly do it for free? And that's step one. Step two, get so damn good at that skill, that talent, that art form or whatever it is that people will gladly pay you for it. I, I, I remember hearing that about 12, 13 years ago and I remember going, wow, that is so simple, so profound because it just meant, man, you take people like musicians and actors and artists and poets and filmmakers and scientists and and even my, I look at my dad, he was a scientist, a PhD in chemistry and he loved what he did. He really loved it. He got passionate about science and math and physics and the world and chemistry and biology, all that stuff. You just, and all that stuff, he loved it. You could tell he was passionate about it. people that sing, people that that right people that you know and i have to say there's things in my life that i do i love it just for the sake of because i love it and i had no intention of making money off it. i just did it because i loved it and then that's how i got into speaking i just i got asked to speak at a chiropractic clinic a long time ago and i, I said oh great if it's gonna if it's gonna help people you know uh, get healthier and and motivate people and inspire people and i can help people learn to exercise and you know inculcate a, a healthy healthier lifestyle then great 
And then I, I, I fell in love with it. And man, I was doing it for free for a long time. And then all of a sudden I started getting paid for it. Um, and I said, maybe I could make this out of career. Maybe I could make some money out of it. But I just love doing it. And I remember hearing hearing Jim Rohn say that anytime you get a chance to speak, do it. Even if it's for free, just go out and serve. That should be your purpose. Go out and serve. Go out and serve. And provide so much value that doing what you love to do that people will gladly pay you for. But that often takes time. And we live in an instant gratification society where it's like, I have a passion and I want it now. And I've, I've talked about this before. There's four levels to mastery or there's four levels where uh, usually human beings go through. And each level usually takes a long time. It just It's not just overnight. You may have heard of the theory, the 10,000 hour theory. Oftentimes it's more. Ten, putting 10,000 hours into an art form in, in order to achieve mastery. Well, the first step is is the uh, the enthusiastic beginner, the person that says, I'm going to go do this, and I'm a beginner, and I'm enthusiastic, I'm ready to go. And then they once they go, they're full tilt at it, and then they, they jump finally into the second stage, which is what they call um, the disillusioned learner. And they're like, wow, this is actually going to take a lot longer than I thought. This is a lot harder than I actually thought I originally, I thought it was just going to all happen. And my, you know, my, my T's were going to be crossed. My eyes were going to be dot. All the ducks were going to be in a row and everything was going to just fall into place. No, the challenges show up, opponents show up and, and you're like, wow, I never thought it was going to be like this. And if you stick through it and you learn what you need to learn, you, you face your challenges, then you finally get to step three, which is what they call the reluctant contributor. And they feel like, wow, I, I've traversed the beginner's enthusiast. I've now disillusioned learned. I'm no longer that. But I feel like, wow, this is, this is not really working at the pace I wanted to. I'm reluctantly feeling like I'm getting any closer to my vision or my goal or my objective and whatever it is I'm, I'm doing, my career, whatever it is, my business. And this is, that's when most people quit either second stage or third stage. But if you stick through it, you learn what you need to learn. You face the obstacles, you get mentorship, you apply what you've the lessons you've learned, you make adjustments, and then you can just keep on going. Persistence, persistence, persistence. And then finally you reach that, that fourth level, which is peak performance mastery of that certain skill. But those four stages, they take a while. It takes sharpening. It takes discipline. It takes practice. So whatever career you're in, don't think that you're just going to master it in you know, a couple months. I remember even the millennials, this, this is, seems to be a common thing in a lot of millennials who just think, I'm, I've been in a job for three months. Uh, where's my promotion? It's like, well, you haven't earned it yet. Some people work their like entire lives just trying to get to a certain level. I'm not saying you can't get a promotion in three months, but have you put in the effort? Have you shown the company or your customers that you can step up and provide the best value to the company, to the people that you're working with and the people that you're serving? And only then, if when you provide that value over and above anything you expect in return, will you finally get maybe get that raise? Maybe I'm not saying for certain that you will, but the point is, is that when you get passionate about something and you do something you're passionate about, I promise you, it's just it's natural. You just want to practice. You just want to you just want to get better at it, especially if you fall in love with it and you're being challenged. We talked about that when you are passionate about something and it's being it's challenging you. Inspiration plus challenge, man, that's a that's a, that twin force, man, can make humans like bring out the genius and and the power and the skill and the abilities beyond anything out there in the external world can. So. Here's here's the point I'm making to you. This for the people out there that are doing it at a dead that are at a dead end job or don't like what they're doing. I'm I'm not saying quit your job. That's not the, what I'm doing. What I'm saying is this. I, I said this to Cam. I say this to people. It was said to me. From nine to five, work on your job. From five to nine, work on your dream. I remember that. I learned that 15 years ago. I remember just thinking, like, that's so cool. Nine to five, work on your job that will sustain you, pay the bills, and then from from five to nine, you work on your dream. And that's may seem like my, if you're not willing to actually put that five to nine in, you're just not going to do you. And so a lot of people out there, I'm exhausted. Well, 
Um, I recently heard about these, these guys that, that sell a bunch of products on Amazon. They worked a nine to five job, but then from five to nine, they busted their tail to get this online thing and online store going. And now they've, they've replaced their income and they're, they're making a ton of money. They're flying down to China to get products and all this stuff. Long story short, they're successful at it, but they put in their time. They put in their effort. They went through those four levels of mastery, which is again, I will recap, you know, beginners, enthusiasts, you got, you got your disillusioned learner and then you got your reluctant contributor. And then they finally traversed and, and, and epitomized and get to the next level, which is mastery or life master or peak performance. So here's the, here's my point. When you do what you love to do and you challenge yourself, you're inspired by it and you continue to discipline yourself and challenge yourself, you're going to get good at it. You, you gladly do it for free. And you, you, the second part is get so good at it that people will gladly pay you for it. I promise you, it may not happen today. It may not even happen a month from now. It may not happen even a year from now. I mean, even for me, just as an example, I, I wanted to just learn how to play piano when I was 21 years old. I just wanted to learn how to play piano. And so I had a client that I was training and I, he was a piano teacher. I said, why don't we barter? Why don't I train you and you teach me piano? And that's what we did. And I would literally practice hours, three, four, five hours a day into my shoulder and my fingers and my shoulders couldn't do it. And I got like hyper-focused and I got so obsessed with practicing classical music, jazz and contemporary music, all this other stuff, right? And my whole goal was just to get as good as I possibly could and then eventually play for my church. And I had no intention of making money off of it. I just loved it. I just wanted, I was always a singer, living, you know, singing in choirs. And then I was playing piano for the, and I finally got to play piano for the church. Long story short, I started playing piano for the church, got so good at it. I was nervous. I screw up a lot, but I got better and better. As I heard one of my mentors say, if you suck the first time, trust me, the second time you will suck less. <laughs> and that's the whole point. And then, and then what happened was I became quiet. And then my next goal was to become choir director of the church. I had no intention of making money off of it became choir director of the church. And then they started paying me for it. I was like surprised that they were paying me for it because I would gladly do it for free. And it just started paying for me for it. And it was, it was amazing. And I just, because I loved it and I wanted to get so good at piano and music and singing that I just wanted to share it with people and, and be a voice of love and emotion and inspiration for people through music. And uh, to me, music is like the universal love language. So in, in, in any case, when you, when you refine, you define what you love and you refine what you love, you will you will start making profits both internally and externally. I I, I again I, I'm not saying right away, but I'm saying once you get good enough at it, people will start to notice it. Do you do this for a living? I'll pay you to come speak. Or do you do this for a living? Hey, I want you to become my salesperson because you can speak very well. You get good at the working language or the English language, people will gladly pay you for it. If you get good at making relationships, people will love to have you on their sales team, whatever it might be that you're doing. And you will attract people in your life as a result of who you are and who you show up as. So the second part of this this, this session, often I, I, once I get that money, what do I do with it? Because I often say the people that make make money, it's not how much money you make, it's how much money you want to keep. Because you could be making a million dollars a year, but spending a million and a half, and you're in debt. So here are here's my three favorite principles that I live by on a daily basis that I've sort of came up with on my own, but they're not really not my own. They're from mentors and books and just my three top principles about how to keep your money and and how to make more money and how to make sure that you are ahead of the game. And the first part of it is, is once you start to do what you love to do and you're making money, what do I do with it? Now, in terms of detail, the stock market and rent, all that, and, 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 and you know, uh, investing in properties, I'm not an expert in that. But however, when it comes to certain principles, here's what I suggest you do. Pay yourself first. That's principle number one. So you get your paycheck. And I remember hearing Jim Rohn say this, the difference between successful people, successful people, and poor people, like people that are you know rich in terms of money, material money, versus people that don't have a lot of money. He said this, 
Poor person gets their paycheck, spends their paycheck, and then invests what's left over. Rich person goes, gets their paycheck, invests first, and then spends what's left over. That's a different mindset. And so after, for the poor person that doesn't have a lot of money, I'm talking about, again, I'm just talking about in terms of money here. I'm not talking about in terms of relationships or spiritual or value in your society. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about money specifically. So you talk about that and we talk about just making that little fundamental shift in your mindset saying, when I get my paycheck, I'm going to put 10 or 20% of my paycheck into a bank until I figure out what I'm going to do with it. And you wouldn't believe how much money that might accrue over a lifetime. I remember hearing one person say when I was like in my early twenties, they were saying, if the people don't realize how easy it is to invest money. It's easy, but it's not simple. If the average person were to invest at the time when I heard this, $10 a day for for 21, from age 21 to 65 and invested it and just kept reinvesting, they could be easily millionaires or multimillionaires just by investing 10 bucks, that's $300 a month, right? Approximately. That's that's like a happy meal at McDonald's every day that you're just putting away and you're disciplining yourself to reinvest it and compound it and all these things. That's easy. But most people will take that 10 bucks and go, oh, I'm just going to spend it. They just don't have developed the discipline to go, all right, I get my paycheck, 10 bucks in the bank or 20 bucks or 20 or 30% or 40% of my paycheck in the bank. I do not touch. Whereas the poor person goes, hey, I'm just going to spend first and then I'll, I'll save what's over. For the people out there that don't have a lot of money, how much is left over after you spend it? Basically, you either have zero or you're in debt because you're putting on credit card, right? So Trust me when I know this because when I was 21 years old, I was about $20,000 in credit card debt. This is why I know this. Pay yourself first. Number two, spend well below your means. The key is well below. If you're making 100 grand a year, don't spend don't spend $99,999 and then think that you're going to make a lot of money, you know, saving a dollar, you know, spend well below your means, do a financial budget, whatever it might be. Right. And spell well below your means, pick a percentage of, of that money, pay yourself first, and then just take the rest, entertainment, food, mortgage, bills, car, whatever it is that you're going to spend it on people out there. Trust me, pay yourself first principle. Number one, number two, uh, spend well, you're below your means. And number three, this actually goes in line with the, with the original topic of the show, which is to fi- figure out how to make money doing what you love to do. Multiple streams of income. Do something that you love to do on the side. I know someone that uh, likes to make, um, uh, my, one of my wife's best friends, she likes to make uh, loot bags for, she has a company that does loot bags, like the specialized loot bags for, for kids parties. And you know what? She may not be making a ton of money and if she's not going to make a billion dollars. Maybe she would, but I don't know that. Right. But the point is she loves to do it. She's very creative. She loves doing all these scrapbooks and stuff. And she's decided to make a little small business on the side and she sells it. These, these, these cool, creative, unique, you know, loot bags for people. Remember hearing about a 17 year old girl who started a cupcake company a long time ago, uh, selling cupcakes online at age, I think 17 years old. And she ended I know she, at the time when I heard this, she was making, I think $500,000 a year selling cupcakes online. And what she would do is put a company's logo on, on top of the cupcake. And I remember even uh, Barack Obama hired her to do the cupcakes for the inauguration. Crazy 17 years old and, you know, making all this money selling cupcakes online. So what I'm saying is, she loved what she did to do. It's not age dependent by any stretch of the imagination. So what I what I'm saying to you in terms of how it served me in terms of money, pay yourself first, spend well below your means, and find more ways to make uh, money doing what you love to love to do. Another way of saying that is multiple streams of income. Uh, and, and I promise you, you're, you're, you're going to be well above the game in terms of investing in stocks. You got to go to a financial advisor for that or a real estate market, all that other stuff. I do not, I'm not an expert in, I have a, myself, a mentor and he's probably listening to this podcast because he does listen to it, but he's mentoring me in terms of real estate uh, investment and stuff like that. So get a mentor. If you don't 
with your money, but their time best from very financially astute and, and very financially independent people. So let's, uh, let's, how, what do you think about that, Dakam? I mean, I talked for a while there. That was good. Honestly, that's, uh, you covered yeah. basically everything. I'd say the only other question I'd say, the only other thing I'd, I'd mention, and if you haven't already, is patience. If you could just, I guess, because yeah. you did a little bit, obviously, with the the millennials who ha have no patience. And I'd, I'd argue yes. that it's just kids in general. <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't say it's this generation. I'd just say, like, in general, when you haven't lived more than two yep. decades, oh, yeah. you don't know you're, what a long right. time is, right? So... Yeah, that's a that's a really yes. really big yeah, deal for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, agree. Comments here on Instagram. Uh, uh, I, I, I do money for my passion. Sometimes you got to do it. Uh, that's exactly it. Sometimes you do from nine to five, do crap work to subsidize your real passion for do that. It's absolutely true. I mean, J.K. Rowling, she she wanted to write Harry Potter books. You know that she was gonna be an English she decided to write Harry Potter books and it didn't and and you know and hundred copies I think half of it went to the library and half of it went to the you know the world and all of a sudden it just caught wildfire and this is not this is not a person that was was it was an extroverted person by any stretch of the imagination but let me tell you something I mean she's a billionaire now and she just started to follow her passion for writing book, children's books called Harry Potter and look at her now so that's the point I'm going to make. So the next uh, comment was, I've earned a lot of money with my passion, but guess what happens? It became, it became work. And that, and that is a big one too, for a lot of people that, that I did that too. I used to love playing tennis as a, as a, as a teenager. And I, I joined this advanced competitive tennis program and I got really passionate. I got really good at it, but then I started traveling around Ontario in the United States. It became a job. I started, I started to hate it. I really started to hate it. And to that, to, to much to what you just, I, I had the same, same thing where I just, I just stopped getting passionate about it. I, I started hating it. I was becoming a more of a chore. I stopped coming to practice. I, I hated practice. I didn't do my tennis lessons, all these things, same thing. And now that I found my passion, you know, as, as I heard Tony Robbins say, sometimes when you don't get your dream, you get your debt, you get your destiny. And so it may not have been my destiny to become a tennis player. What I'm doing my net right now is my current destiny, which is to be the life coach, best life coach, speaker, author, father, husband, friend to you and podcast, you know, a facilitator, all these things. And just want to give my, my, my gift away and, and, sh and change the world through my gift and, and share it with the world. So, um, any other comments, uh, uh, so thank you for, for commenting four, three, two hers. Thank you so much for, for joining the show. So, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. If you have any questions for our next podcast, we're doing this daily for the next, I don't know, two, three, four weeks. If it becomes a hit, then we'll just keep on at, we'll take one question from emails, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it might be. And we will hit on that subject and we will cover that subject as best as I possibly can and keep them coming in. We love that you're sharing this. We're loving that you're, you're commenting on it and subscribing. So if you like it, do so. And we were here to serve you and give you the best of what we've got. So to your continued upgrade and evolution, live it up with power, purpose, and passion. We love you. God bless. And to your greatest endeavors and your achievements, uh, may you live with love and passion. Thank you guys.